Welcome to Wonderfully Done, a wholesome show about sex, communication, and loving yourself. I'm Lauren. And I'm her lovely co-host, Vix. I'm sure that the warning bells are ring-a-ding-dinging when you hear the word wholesome and sex put together. Actually, we think wholesome sex that is well communicated and gushy and sweet and lovely is delightful. And that is something we love talking about. You can't really talk about that without getting real knee-deep in some wet feelings. So we talk about those too. It's a sex podcast that's actually about communication. And who are we, might you ask? We are two deliciously gorgeous babes, if I do say so myself, from Melbourne, Australia. And that is where the show is coming from that you're listening to right now. Isn't that exciting? (laughs) So on Wonderfully Done, Vix and I sit down with your curiosities, your questions, and your asks for help and we basically just talk it through you can think about us as your sex posse pals your friend arenos uh, that are here to listen to what's on your mind and share some thoughts the only rule that we've really got is that this podcast is a shame free zone we are working on letting go of our shame and we want to help you let go of yours as well it's also important to know that Vix and I are not professionals we're not therapists sex therapists or counsellors really just see us as your sex posse friends and if we spark anything that you're interested in you want more information resources or some help we recommend chatting to some professionals so beautiful vix let's get started on the first question that we have today beautiful that would be my pleasure all right (laughs) dear wonderfully done i'm a woman in my mid-20s who's still a virgin I haven't really done a lot of dating in general, so I'm very much a late bloomer in that regard. However, I'm worried about how future partners might react to this and I'm generally not sure how to address the topic when it does eventually come up. Any advice? So something I think is important right off the top is that the idea of virginity is a social construct and that this listener might have shame about the fact that there are certain sexual things that they haven't experienced yet. I would always encourage someone to think about trading the word virgin for inexperienced because virginity does focus on a very certain type of penetrative sex. And as we've said on the show, there's a lot of different types of sex. And so there's all kinds of sex that all of us haven't had. And it really just is a range. So if the word virginity feels like a burden to you, maybe just try swapping it for inexperienced. Exactly. Like, and I think a really fun way to look at it internally as well is sort of like, what an exciting bounty lays before you. So many different kinds of things that you can taste and try and have big helpings of and slam off your plate and repile it again. Like, there's just so many neat things to experience. And I feel like it's so much more of a positive sort of way to frame yourself Uh, in the world I think it's very easy to sort of like get bogged down and even you know like I really like the framing sort of like around less experienced or not experienced Um, but that's the thing about experience is it's it's something that you can gain like it's whereas the the sort of thing about virginity is it's like oh it's just like this weird moment and then it's then it's just done and then it's like now now you're in the general population and I think I think it's a bit fucked (laughs) uh and archaic and maybe um maybe it does mean something to you at this time and I think that's also an interesting thing to sort of like have a dig around and sort of think why and what does that mean to you and why does it mean that to you um but I mean the fact that you're writing in to uh you know have us have a chat about it you know makes me think that that it's something you know that that hopefully isn't isn't bogging you down too much I do think that when it comes to conversations around inexperience and how will other partners hear that and am I going to freak them out and and things like that, will it make people feel burdened? I mean, you can have a look at maybe working with a professional. If you're a bit later in life and if you have a bit more money, for example, it could be a really good idea to speak to a professional where you can stage it. You can be like, I want a makeout session. I want you to grope my chest. I want fingering and just fingering. Like get really specific, maybe even 
you know, design yourself a few different sessions so you don't feel pressured to go, quote unquote, all the way in the first session. But you'll know that this professional has been the first for lots of people because I think it's a very common part of being a sex worker. It, sex workers, please write in because I'm making some assumptions here. And But this could be a really good way for you to feel unburdened of, okay, I've had, I've experienced this type of, maybe it's penetrative sex this person's talking about. I've experienced that. Now I know a little bit more about it. I feel a little bit less, um, less uncomfortable about it. You, to see if you feel changed or not changed, you know, with a professional who's used to people having all ranges of reactions and someone who can do a little bit of that emotional labor with you potentially that isn't a hookup or someone that you're dating. Like that could be a viable option that you might like to try. I kind of think that's a really killer first time story too. Like just uh, like, yeah, I didn't just like, fuck around with any Joe or Susan blogs, you know? I got uh, this lovely human that that really knows what they're doing and made me feel really comfortable and, oh, learned quickly this wasn't for me or this wasn't for me. And, and you know, as you continue through the world, if, if sex is something that, you know, you want to have as part of your life, like, it's just always, like, build, building on, on those experiences and how all, thing, all things feel different with different people too. Like, yeah, it's just such a, such a buffet. I know that we already said it, but I just wanted to like another thousand percent affirm that it is so totally okay to explore anything in life at your own pace like that is so all right and I think it I can definitely understand you know where this question is coming from with sort of the I guess I call it maybe less care and concern for the feelings of the other person and more potentially fear of I guess maybe shame being reflected back in some sort of way just with you know there's so much negative dialogue um around virginity out there and you know it's it's used sometimes and then as an insult for people that are very nasty or or sexist or sort of stuff like that you know it really like feeds into the like basement gremlin like unknown person that really people are got to stop using that trope it's really unhelpful um because all kind all the different people in this world are, are everyday people that's the scariest part never forget <laughs> So Vix, one thing I wanted to ask you is the idea of disclosure. Sometimes people who are quote unquote virgins will think, okay, I just really want to get this over with. I'm going to have a hookup um, and I'm not going to tell the other person that I am a quote unquote virgin or I haven't done this before. And uh, what do you think about that? I have really mixed feelings about it, to be honest. Like, even kind of like, I guess, um, on the discussion of virginity, you know, it's like, you know, I lost my virginity in the heteronormative way, you know, when I was like 17. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, I've obviously been sexually active for, you know, about 12 years now. Um, but sort of, I guess my early discomfort with stuff like that was like worry about, um, having slept with too many people and like sometimes when you would say your number then people would get like judgy and weird about it so I was kind of like felt weird about it and was like does that mean I'm disgusting and like lots of like weird feelings about stuff like that I mean like not weird in the sense that like um they're bad feelings to have like because you know society makes us feel ashamed for things that aren't shameful <laughs> but yeah I was just kind of like it also like it's not really anybody's fucking business who I've slept with if I choose to not make it their business <laughs> like um and if somebody was kind of like pushy or weird about that I feel like that for me would be a really like big turn off so like it's I think there's this there's you you could go either way with it to be honest I think really it's like much less about at least for me about the other person's comfort as much as your comfort like like, what do you, do you have an idea? It like, it, yeah, is it a, do you just want to get it out of the way or, and begin the journey of being sexually active? Or is it more so like you want to try and create a very specific kind of first time? Like if you do want it to look a specific way, I think maybe it, it could be quite good to, you know, open up that discussion because, you know, if you're sleeping with the, the right kind of person, like hopefully they will be kind and respectful and very communicative and and hopefully you can have really great discussions beforehand, you know, what you might like that to look like or, you know, how to set up that that experience together so that it fulfills 
what you would like to happen and then also also just being you know realistic in the sense that like sex is weird and you know as much as we plan for a certain experience like lots of things can happen in the moment so yeah I've really uh, I I feel a little bit like yes and a little bit like no just like yeah I, I don't think anybody is entitled to your sexual life story if you don't want to share it yeah I would say that I like to try and take a risk management approach to sex you can't you can't guarantee and completely control the way sex is going to go because bodies are strange but you deserve to feel you deserve to feel safe and I do feel that it's best practice to try and communicate and negotiate about the sex that you're going to have with someone and not just not talk about things. So for me, especially if the person is talking about they term virginity as a certain type of penetrative sex, it might be quite important or I would encourage them to talk to partners about it because you don't know how you're going to react sometimes. You might experience pain. Um, If you're someone with a vagina, have a look at what the fuck hymens really are and how that shit actually goes because pretty much nobody gets a proper education around that stuff. Uh, Virginity for certain types of penetrative sex does not get depicted very well uh, in media and not very honestly. (laughs) So, uh, but you might also respond quite emotionally because it's, you know, it's something that has been a big deal for you or just physiologically it makes you quite emotional. Uh, And it might be, I feel that it could be better for the partner to be aware of that. And there will be people out there that will actually be very comfortable and happy to help you have a first experience. I would caution against people that are going to fetishize in experience, uh, which a lot of pornography definitely does. But there will be people that will be happy to do it. And I feel that that's the kind of understanding and empathy that might be best for a first or an early experience. And another reason why, uh, why a professional could be a good idea. Yeah, I feel like I would be a lot more comfortable in that scenario. And and that's the thing, right? Like, especially for these early sexual experiences, like, I would encourage doing so with people who make you feel very safe and comfortable. Um, Just a much higher likelihood of of a good experience. And to be honest, if anybody was to respond strangely, to you bringing up this topic I think that's it's it's just it's not a reflection of you it's a a red flag for you that this this person at this time it's not a good fit you know and maybe never maybe they'll be in a strange place uh forever or you know like that's the thing right like with, with with sex and coming together with people for dating and relationships across that scale like everybody has their own set of uh, shame hang-ups things that they are a bit ignorant about things that um they have really long held um like false falsely based (laughs) views or facts and knowledge you know on certain areas um so for for any sexual encounter in general it can be difficult to find people that are on the same page as you and and I and it's it's not always going to specifically be like the virginity base so I just want to talk a little bit about being on the other side of the fence so to speak so I'm someone that has been a first for a lot of people not necessarily with what this listener's idea of quote-unquote virginity might be but in terms of having a very different type of sex or uh, a first time for someone who is the same gender as you for example like I'm used to being the more experienced partner in in a lot of situations and for me uh when I'm with someone who's less experienced in what we're interested in doing together or unsure about my body or how they're going to react and things like that, it's really important to me for me to feel comfortable and not say too hard basket or I'm uncomfortable with the level of responsibility, etc. I do need to feel like this person knows what they want to do and that they're not just responding out of an idea of like social pressure or I have to do this or that it's really lame that they haven't done something. So I'm really looking for the less experienced partner to be more empowered because 
what you don't want as a more experienced partner or what most of us don't want is the feeling that you're somehow taking advantage of someone's inexperience and making them go along with what you want. So if there's someone who's like, hey, I've never I've never been pegged before or I've never been with a woman before, like based on how I'm feeling about certain things, I absolutely prefer to have that disclosed to me. Like I would want to have that disclosed to me personally. I'd want them to feel like I'm not going to respond poorly to that because I wouldn't. But I also want them to enunciate like I really want you to peg me. If, if, for example, instead of just saying, I haven't done anything, so you just do it, I guess. Like, I wouldn't be comfortable yeah, no. proceeding with that. Need to, I mean, like, I feel like that's something that lacks in a lot of um, sexual interactions in general is kind of like the understanding that both partners, whatever the dynamic is, needing to be coming to the table with ideas and interests and creativity to create something together. Yes. Yes. And I would just say anytime you're in a situation where one partner is less experienced, the less experienced partner needs to be comfortable and empowered to control what's happening. So, for example, two people, uh, you know, are in a relationship and they want to go to a swingers party. One of them's really experienced with that. One of them's not. The one that's not still needs to know that they can say I want to control the level of exposure that we've got. I want to be able to say no, to stop, to go home, to wrap it up. Like instead of saying, well, I don't know what I'm doing, so I should ignore my own fear, for example. Or yeah, not my listening discomfort. to my feelings anymore. Like, and I, yeah, I th- those layers of should or this should feel unpleasant, should be hard. Like I'm supposed to take the back seat and let the other person hold the reins. It's like, if possible, if you can kind of push all that aside and really really talk to your inner self and have a think about like yeah what do you need out of these interactions that you want to have what's what's hot to you like what 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 turns you on like um I don't know if you're the sort of person who masturbates but what do you get off to like um what pornography have you seen that's um been interesting or are there any experiences that friends have described before or a scene in a movie or a series or something you know and like having a think about those things and then it's 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 really it's like any other sexual interaction then you find someone and are you interested in doing this with me too and then you proceed if if everybody's on board right Yeah, absolutely. And I think you bring up a great point when it comes to fantasies and having a good old maz to think about, do you know how you like to be touched? Do you know how your body responds? That can be different in a partnered situation, but you coming into it with some some good curiosities and some good ideas about what you might like, that can help uh, your potential partner feel more like they've got a script or at least they understand what you might be interested in trying and uh, can help your sexual confidence as well instead of saying well I'm a virgin so I'm definitely not going to know what the fuck I'm doing you might actually find out that you have a really well-developed instinct for this kind of thing exactly like I I think that's the thing too is it's like that you know like the difference between uh you know, sexual interactions with people that are really caring and others that aren't, uh, people who are very naturally sensual people, people who aren't, uh, people who are into things like mindfulness and yoga, people who aren't. Like there's, there's a lot of different sort of like experiences in life and how, how we connect with other people that then reflect in, in the styles that we have when we become sexual. Like, um, there's so, so many things to explore. So exciting. I'm so excited <laughs> for you. Yes, dear listener, we are really excited for you. And I would just say, to summarize, we think that it's wonderful that you've got that much that's ahead of you. And it'd be great if you can find some partners that also feel awesome about experimenting with you and being gentle with you and going at the pace that you're interested in and exploring what you're interested in. You might find that it helps you feel more comfortable in yourself and with others. If you look at maybe using terms like inexperienced instead of virginity, definitely as Vic says, investing in uh, masturbation, investing in fantasies can really help you know more about yourself. And it's okay what this um, lack of experience or virginity means to you because it's really different. It's very, very personal. 
personal and know that your partners might have some nervousness or trepidation and that's not your fault, not something to have shame around, not something to have any kind of blame. But I think if you can, it's great to be upfront and and honest, but that's also a, a personal decision. Uh, so, you know, get out there when and how you want to and listen listen to yourself have a beautiful time and we hope that it all goes well. Yeah, because like while maybe you have less experience in the world of uh, partnered sexual experiences, you are still an expert in you. And I think it's really important to remember that and take that into the interactions that you're having. So Vix, what have we got as uh, number two in our beautiful sexy letterbox? Right. Uh, prepare your ears, everyone. This is a tronky question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Dear Wonderfully Done. Kia team. I have a question regarding exes. There was a girl I was friends with benefits with on and off for about a year and a half when we were both single between partners. The with benefits part fell away and we drifted. If not friends, then just people who talked over Instagram. I have a wonderful girlfriend I have been with now for two years and for whatever reason, she has always felt threatened by this particular chick. She asked me to unfriend her, unfollow her, all of which I did. Now she has slid back into my DM into my DMs with an on-the-face-of-it seemingly innocuous line about the upcoming NZ elections, in brackets, a topic that we used to talk about lots. This has greatly upset my girlfriend, who asks that I go further and block her. I have never and would never cheat or flirt or do anything like that, but it makes me feel untrusted, and I'm not sure what to do or what to say. Any reservations on my part are taken as lingering feelings, so I'm arguing from a place of weakness. Please help. So this is difficult and complicated. It sounds like uh, there's context that I wish I had, which is very common for, for questions. But, you know, thank you very much for writing in. I think uh, this is quite a understandable, pretty commonplace kind of discomfort for a lot of people when it comes to level of communication or contact with past partners, past dating. Like, it's a pretty common thing that a lot of us have to negotiate. It sounds like maybe this is something that you've had, quote unquote, disagreements with your girlfriend before, because saying any reservations on my part is taking as lingering feels. So is it that you have already expressed that you don't want to do that. And the girlfriend has said, well, that makes me feel like you have remaining feelings. Like I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, something that I think is really important is just for us to all acknowledge that generally when we've dated someone or we've had a friends with benefits arrangement, we do still like the thought that they're thinking of us or still find us attractive or would still go there if they could kind of situation. So for this listener, I do uh, I do really want them to, to own the fact that it's a compliment and it probably felt nice that this woman is reaching out even though she doesn't follow you, uh, you don't follow her anymore uh, and just own that you're probably liking the attention. That doesn't necessarily make you a bad boyfriend, but I think you know, we're thinking about your ego here as well as your girlfriend's feelings and it's complicated. Yeah, because like definitely like ego in here is definitely something I can hear. Like I think it is a very, very valuable question to ask yourself and be honest with yourself about why you want to keep access to this person open. Like you mentioned like, oh, this is a topic that we, you know, used to talk about. It's like, do you need this person whom you aren't friends with and don't follow to have these kinds of political discussions with? Or do you have a number of other politically minded friends that you could have robust and interesting discussions with? <clears throat> Either is fine, but I think it's just really important to, to be honest with yourself with removing the part that is like, I am a bad person for X, Y, or Z, whatever the way that you get to is to be the way that you feel to the best of your knowledge is you being honest with yourself. Mm. And this listener might think, well, my girlfriend is not being very logical or, uh, you know, I, I'm feeling untrusted. And I understand that they might be approaching this in a 
you know, in theory, this doesn't make sense. Or in theory, this isn't logical to have to do and she doesn't have to worry. But you don't really know what's going on for your girlfriend. Maybe she has had some pretty dodgy behind her back communications before. She might have trust issues around this. It doesn't have to be a question of who is right or wrong when it comes to conversations in a partnership, but it's just about negotiating boundaries. And it sounds like your girlfriend might be trying to say to you, I have boundaries with you having communication with people that you've already slept with. In your mind, you might say, I am not comfortable with that boundary. And you can talk to her about that. But it doesn't mean that she's wrong, you know, that you're that you're interested in different things. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's I think it's a really important thing to remember about feelings is feelings aren't right or wrong. <laughs> like feelings just are. And then you can make decisions and have conversations. But you can't change the feelings like you know I oh, there's so many things I want to say on this one um, <laughs> you know the the there was a phrase in there that that quite concerned me just around like arguing from a place of weakness and it's sort of like what you actually have here in your primary what I'm assuming is monogamous relationship is an opportunity to re-establish trust and have those conversations like Lauren was discussing around boundaries and what those mean to both of you as individuals like arguments are normal in relationships but I think it's really important to remember that you are you're you're both on the same team you know it's not fighting against each other like there needs to be the common goal is we both want to feel heard and respected and valued so what actions and what conversations can you have so that you can establish that yes I do think it's really important to really support that. And I think if you're approaching this conversation while the block hasn't happened yet, it's just going to still feel like an argument. So I would say do the block. That is a small thing. Even if you think that your girlfriend is being quote unquote paranoid, you know, like that's that's very un unfriendly and unkind phrasing. But if you think that your girlfriend really needs this and you're a bit frustrated that she needs it, that's on you to really process. But I would do the block so that it's done. It's not a debate anymore. It's not an argument anymore. And then sit down and say, hey, you know, we we got into a, a disagreement about this, you know, and it's I and even saying then that you felt a bit untrusted, like on principle, and you want to hear from her about why why that was coming up from her. But you have to make her feel safe and secure to say, I've I've done I've done what you asked, not begrudgingly, not not showing that you're still, if you're angry with her, wait until you're not angry <laughs> Yeah, as a situation. But honestly, one friend with ben with benefits and your girlfriend asking you to block so that you've got the clear space to talk about what came up for her and why it came up for her and how you're feeling about it. This is, as Vic said, a great opportunity to figure out more things about each other. Yeah, like, because this isn't like, it's not like a fucking win or lose argument, right? You describe your girlfriend as wonderful, are you treating her like she is? If this other person that you don't have a meaningful relationship with in your life anymore, and it's truly no skin off your nose to not have access to them anymore, why why wouldn't you just do a block if it was going to make your important partner that you share your life with more comfortable? Like, if you wanted reassurance from her, wouldn't you hope it was given willingly? And it sounds like this is a conversation. Uh, it sounds like several conversations need to happen. And some of it, yeah, re-establishing <laughs> trust and giving some more reassurance. Like, And it's okay to need reassurance. Reassurance, I don't feel, happens nearly frequently enough in uh, most relationships, let alone longer-term relationships. I think it becomes very like, you know, the pair, of, the pair of jeans you wear every day and you're like, you're well settled into all of the creases. You don't really wash them very often. <laughs> like you're just kind of chugging along and you know how to do enough to make things work. But relationships, I mean, to have really good ones uh, require different kinds of work 
all the time. And it really does sound like there's some work to be done here. Like another, like this kind of makes me think of, you know, when you go as far to say like feeling untrusted, I would never cheat or flirt. Have you sat down together and had a very honest conversation with each other about how both of you define those words? Because what you might consider flirting and what she considers flirting could be very, very different things. I think the way that social media functions in in our lives and the different kinds of access that it gives us to different people and the different kinds of interactions that you can have, I think a lot of things perhaps that you aren't aware of are generally uh normalized forms of gentle flirtations like this question as a whole really makes me think of um you know as someone that's been dating for a a very long time uh you know very familiar with with the old dm from someone that you used to fuck who's popped up again because they're not fucking someone right now and they want to see maybe if you're not fucking someone right now or if you (laughs) might be open to it. Like, I honestly think about things sometimes as like, it's like the moment where, you know, you need some of that reassurance or you want a certain kind of interaction in your life and you don't have anything going on. One of the easiest places to go is somewhere you've already been, you know? And I feel like I've definitely had that rotation with people and people who will come back to me multiple times just to see what the fucking lay of the land is. So I just don't really know, even your assumption, this is innocuous. You would know if it's innocuous if you asked a direct question about that. And it sounds like that hasn't happened either. Like I had, um, you know, a recent interaction with somebody and I wasn't kind of sure the way that they were messaging me what their intentions were. So something that I'm trying to do in my life is be a lot more honest and ask the questions that I think in my head instead of um, just thinking them and then being unsure and then that uh, creating the way that I behave from there. I'm not saying that I'm like doing perfectly at this, but it's something that, you know, I'm putting very intentional effort into and it was really good. Then the person was like, oh, you know, oh gosh, sorry. Like that's not how I'm actually feeling. And I was like, but that's great. Like it's so great for me to know what your intentions and interactions mean, you know? And especially, like, either way, if 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 and when... I mean, honestly, I like Lauren said, like, I, I would also probably be encouraging the block at least until, for, for a current action and then having those conversations with your partner and then perhaps you can re-look at where to go from there. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. I feel like that was a really big rant. <laughs> no, no, I'm totally nodding along with you. Cause yeah, I would just say the block and this particular woman has become a bit of a hot button issue. So just do the block to put it to a side and then sit down and have the conversation. Is your girlfriend, you know, is she concerned about you? Is she concerned about other women? Uh, there's insecurity going on. What can you do to help her uh, be really secure, feel really trusted, but also to acknowledge that, especially if you're in a monogamous relationship, even subconsciously, sometimes it can feel good to have signs that you could get laid outside of that relationship. And sometimes flirty attention outside of your monogamous relationship feels really exciting and it doesn't make someone a dickhead for enjoying it. It's normal. You know? it's normal. It's normal. It's normal. We totally understand that, but you do need to really be listening to the comfort zone of your partner and find a way to discuss it. And if it feels like this was one instance, but this is something that you really want to figure out and the untrusted feeling comes up again or something like that, this is the perfect kind of thing to go and chat to a sex therapist about, chat to a couples therapist about as well, because it is really common. And so Vic, Vic, something else I want to bring up is to me, it's a good sign when a partner has a friends with benefits relationship that they're still friendly with. And the same as exes that they're still friendly with. If someone's like, you know, I've dated X amount of people and all of them hate me and I hate all of them. I'm just like, okay, this, this concerns me from the standpoint of like communication skills. So, you know, for me, I'm not saying that I'm in any way superior to the girlfriend, but I do just want to 
encourage all the people out there to be like, hey, maybe don't um, ghost and trash your friends with benefit relationships because they can actually make you look good when it's a nice, friendly, healthy relationship. Yeah, I even sort of like, yeah, uh, discussing that this, this that this was something you wanted to talk about, like, just really made me think about how that's, that's, I guess that's the place that I want to get to where I look at it as something very positive because I feel like my logical brain does and it's like, that is great, you know? It's like huge alarm bells, like all fucking systems go, holy shit, when people describe, you know, every girlfriend that I've had is a fucking crazy bitch. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, no. you have no emotional skills or empathy. You were the common denominator. Uh, that Ooh. is scary. Um, but, you know, especially in exploring things like non-monogamy and having like more exposure than I have had previously in the monogamous world around um, meeting people that the person that I'm with has slept with, you know, and and I definitely had that, you know, with my last partner. I like very vividly remember being at a party and there was, um, it was a girl there that I wasn't aware of that he'd slept with before and she kind of like, they kind of like joked about it in front of me. It was like the first time I was meeting a lot of his, like, and it was a lot of new oh, friends and oh. I was so nervous and it just like completely railroaded me, blindsided me. And I got oh. really upset about it and felt really threatened. Um, and, you know, looking back on that, like over a year later now, like, you know, I'd like to think like I wouldn't respond like that again. Like, but also like it's okay that I had f- that I had those feelings, and all it actually requires to get past that is then sort of a a, a conversation. Um, but yeah, I think it is like in re- reflecting on it now, I'm like how awesome that he still had like a very like kind and lovely relationship with this person that he'd enjoyed sleeping with a few times. And like that's that's lovely and um yeah, I mean I think the problem for me is the expectation that I just had to be okay with everything and never have any feelings about it. And I think maybe extending that to your partner that it's okay that she's having feelings about this. Like that is that is so it's it's normal and we're in a world where we are taught to be threatened by other women and uh it, that other other women will want this this thing that you have because it's you know the thing that we should all be wanting and the thing that's a sign of a good life and it's 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 a mucky difficult area uh but definitely i i think really stepping back it sounds like there's time for a, a fresh perspective and some more loving consideration which could be a really good antidote for what's happening here a hundred percent and for me I don't want to be surprised that I'm there with a partner that's ha- and and this is about my needs, you know, it's everyone's going to be different. Some people wouldn't give a flying fuck at all or it's a turn on. They're like, "Oh my god, I've been, you know, I'm I've I've been cucked in the past or something crazy <laughs> like that." You know, people will respond all sorts of different, but it, you know, a big theme of this is acknowledging feelings and respecting feelings and communicate their feelings and not turning feelings into a position of I'm right and you're wrong, but just I'm feeling this and I I feel like I might need something. I've got an idea of what I might need. What I might need is this thing. And uh, just having that be gracefully listened to, you know, and, and acknowledging that. I do feel like this listener still does have a ways to go with how they're communicating with their girlfriend because I'm unclear how exactly did your girlfriend find out that this woman DM'd you? It doesn't actually sound like something that maybe you should have disclosed, you know, if it's, if it wasn't going to go anywhere, if it's not anything, if you knew your girlfriend was uncomfortable, it might've been the kind of thing to maybe not bring up, uh, especially cause you knew it was sensitive or you brought it up. So your girlfriend said, I have a need. And now you've got a problem with your girlfriend responding to what you brought up. Like that's kind of, you kind of set a trap for yourself. Yeah, it seems a bit unfair, really kind of setting her up to fail. Like, I know this is going to bother you, bothers her. And then, oh, how dare you be bothered? And, and how dare you just trust me? Like, it just feels really unfair and kind of like you're weaponizing her feelings a little bit like I I don't want to be too too hard on you but um 
oh, there's just uh, we need some more love and kindness up and up in here, please. Mm. Um, it might have been a really unconscious thing. The person's just like they saw it. They said, "Oh, hey, this person DM'd me," you know, or you didn't realize that actually you were looking to test how your girlfriend thought about that or felt about that because she'd been uncomfortable in the past. Like that's that's okay. We're not saying that you're trying to upset your girlfriend, but I think you do need to be a little bit compassionate to say, hey, this friends with benefits person from the past, she's DM'd me again randomly. I want to reiterate that I'm faithful to you and I will be faithful to you. And saying what you'd like to say, I would like to have this this casual text relationship with her. But uh, but let me know how you feel. Like, that's a really different way to come into mm, it. Very much so. Like, it gives, it gives her room. And that's the thing too, right, is like the power imbalance in these kinds of conversations, right? Like, without the sort of second option there of um, it, there being an opportunity to be allowed to have feelings about it, it's more kind of like if – you have feelings, you are wrong. <laughs> yeah. If you reacted negatively, that's bad on you sort yeah, of thing. I've yeah, I've had a lot of problems. With, I feel like this has like brought up so many personal feelings about so many different things, but I've been treated in, you know, a lot of different encounters. Like me having feelings is, um, it makes me difficult and too hard so there's been definitely times where like I have tried to force myself to be comfortable with things that I'm not comfortable with because I'm like this is how it should be this is what's expected of me I want you I I want you to still love me so I want to be you know as easy as possible and uh, low low effort but like fuck that like feelings okay needs okay (laughs) open communication great please establish (laughs) (laughs) if I was this boyfriend I would like to say that I'd approach the conversation to be like hey babe uh, I have blocked that ex friend with benefits I just want to sit down and talk about it because uh, you know we had some tension around it and it felt like it brought up some feelings for me of being untrusted and I just want to reassure you that that, you know, I am faithful. This is a monogamous relationship. I'm not interested in flirting. I'm not interested in sleeping around. I also want to feel like you do trust me as well. And that doesn't look like controlling you, but it means that I want to know when I'm triggering those feelings so that we can work on it. And so we can have a really safe and supportive relationship where in the future, I would really hope that this kind of thing doesn't bother you, but it's not a requirement. I want to earn that trust and it might take time and let's talk about it. And I want to understand more about what this has brought up for you and where it might have come from. But you've taken the whole question of, is it right or wrong to do the blocking off off the table? I think something that we haven't mentioned here as well is it's like, depending on these conversations that we aren't aware of that have happened around this, like maybe an apology is necessary in here and kind of a um, reestablishing like, hey, your feelings are important to me and I would like to hear how you feel about this and how I could support you. That sounds magical. I want to, I would want to fuck whoever says that to me. Um, Not that that's yeah. the point of it, but that Ooh, is very gosh, hot communication. Yeah, that is like, <laughs> you want to hear my feelings? Like you, that's, uh, and yeah, taking the time to ask and to actively show interest. And by doing that, that is a movement, uh, you know, a step forward in rebuilding trust because good trust, you are assured and reassured over and over again that your person respects you and that your feelings matter to them. And I think this is a really common stumbling block in a lot of relationships where the ego becomes more important than the partner and it's all about winning uh, and who's right and who's wrong. But like, if someone's important to you, like that shit doesn't matter. <laughs> like there's there's gonna be the giant like, potentially relationship destroying you know problems that we come up against in life but at least from what I understand this doesn't have to be one of them Mm. yes we feel like this is a small issue and a good opportunity for growth I mean I would summarize by saying that 
this is a, a complex issue. And, you know, you are not, you know, as the Reddit kids like to say, you are not necessarily the asshole. But it sounds like your girlfriend's feelings have been hurt in the process. And we just recommend do the block and then do the reconnect. Talk about it. Listen about it. You know, share how you are feeling in a non-blaming way. You know, your girlfriend did not make you feel untrusted. This situation has brought up these feelings for you. Hear about how she's feeling. And, you know, and also acknowledge that it's okay to have enjoyed the attention of this ex-friend with benefits and feeling like this person might still be interested, might still be having a flirt, and that that can be really tempting, especially if you're in a monogamous relationship as well. And yeah. Well, that just made me think of as well, like, maybe that's an opportunity. Do you both need to kind of spice up what's happening a little bit? You know, I hate to say the classic cliche, spice it up, but like, <laughs> with some like really planning some sexy hot dates over the next few weeks like maybe that would be really nice like it's more than just these you know sometimes difficult conversations to have because you have to be really honest and I feel like we've been conditioned to not be that honest um so it can be really uncomfortable so yeah other ways think of maybe some other ways that you can make her feel special and help her know that that you think of of her and you want her and you want to please her and she's important to you in your life so I feel like a a few cute dates a special little unprompted present cooking her favorite thing for dinner I don't know vacuuming unannounced maybe that's her task that she really doesn't like or avoids like the plague you know there's I there are just so many unique beautiful ways that we can show people that they're important to us and I think you've got a really big opportunity here to show her she's really important to you like you've said she's wonderful show her (laughs) absolutely and this this could be a good idea this could make this worse please take this with a huge grain of salt but I have friends that in their monogamous relationship uh, the the woman in the relationship wanted to feel like she was getting flirtatious outside attention and so what they actually did was they just made they catfished themselves pretty much made new social accounts that was them just pretending to be themselves but again and then just role played meeting for the first time just having a sexual flirtation through Instagram because they met at a wedding or something instead. And so they were just sleazy in each other's DMs and I thought that was really cute. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe that would be cute and fun for your girlfriend or maybe it would make her think that you have a thing for flirting in DMs. I don't know. But, you know, when we talk about spice or if you at all are missing any of that freshness of, you know, of fresh attention, there are ways that you can try and find that with your partner as well. So we hope that this can turn into some really good conversations. If it does come up as a pattern, if both of you do feel unhappy with how this went and that sticks around, then it's absolutely the kind of thing that you can talk to a sex therapist or talk to a couples therapist about as well. So good luck. So, That was very robust. This is going to be a long episode. Uh, Apologies, everyone. But gosh, we just had a lot of bloody feelings about that really, really big, juicy area of uh, conversation and connection. So that leads us into Learny Lane. This is the spot where we talk about things that we've learned about recently and want to share with you. I'm going to start with a, uh, I watched this this brief little video this week called History of Ideas, the Dating Edition by School of Life. I really enjoy the School of Life videos. They do some really incredible work around better communication and I just super vibe it. Like lots of the really important things about, you know, having a fulfilling good life uh, live in other people, communication and education that happens outside of the classroom. (laughs) So basically being about dating, it went over like the really, really basic history of dating, you know, from, I guess, uh, the, the marriage pairings for social status into today's Wild West scenario. And I kind of wanted to bring it up because it it gave me some really weird feelings. Like, you know, it it had the section where it talked about 
you know, the more chaperoned uh, period of dating where, you know, you'd need to have like an older woman in the room. You couldn't be like left alone with this person. And I felt really weird at how inviting that feels, you know, like I just can't imagine some of the horrible interactions that I have had and how people have treated me and that they would have got away with that shit with this cool, like worldly older woman who's seen all the different fucking shenanigans that rat bags can do and just be like fucking no or they would just have to behave like the level of behavior I just think would be could be better because there's like actual accountability to have to treat this potential mate like she's a fucking person she they you know traditionally all these things come from the heteronormative lens the binary days (laughs) (laughs) um and it yeah just made me feel weird that that felt really appealing (laughs) like um it's like, yeah, I was discussing how, like, it's still a relatively new concept that partnerships are sort of based, you know, on that early relationship, wonderfully unsustainable love and connection. Like, I just feel like, oh, you've met your person, so everything just works. And it's like, mm, no, it's a, it's a varying, sometimes it's a lifetime, sometimes it's a few months, you know, sometimes <laughs> a few, it's a day, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, how, how how you can come together and stay together. And I also thought it was cute. They had, um, I guess, like a little, what will dating be like, you know? So it's like something like 2070 or some shit like that. And um, yeah, it was. I guess it was kind of like that Black Mirror episode where, you know, you basically got like a dating pool and it would just given like, well, this person based on, you know, the shitty things about you, the great things about you, your (laughs) habits, like where you are in life and what you want. Like this is the perfect partner for you. So I guess I wanted to ask you, Lauren, like what do you think the next wave of dating is going to look like? I'm very intrigued by it. And I feel like, uh, a lot of a lot of the internet has helped people do dating online before meeting up or having relationships that are purely online ones. I do feel like for me in particular because I don't like prolonged online dating before meeting up in person, I think the idea of the idea or the science of quote unquote pheromones, do I like the way a person smells in person? How do I feel around them physically? That feels really important to me. So I'm like, can I get uh, can I get a video pitch from the person? Like, I would love to have one minute trailers of a human and be able to watch those and get that. a feeling of their personality that way. Then I also want a scratch and sniff thing of like, <laughs> what do they smell like? Because smell, I have really sensitive sense of smell and that's a huge deal. Same you know, girl. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to have more senses involved. And even just going back to the chaperone thing, like, You know, I just had an anniversary with a partner of mine and my first date with that partner was chaperoned by my friend. And that was because I'd had a really terrible experience not that long ago beforehand that made me scared of dating. So I needed some extra support and some extra safety. And it was really awkward and hilarious. And it's a funny story now. (laughs) But um, but it was it was a nice it was a nice, friendly thing. And all three of us are like really good friends now. So bring back the chaperone. I would also be very happy to be a safety buffer or a behavior supervisor for my friends (laughs) on dates with other people. I'd be happy to do that. Oh, my God. Oh, People would have to be so good. <laughs> also, I'd love that you'd have somebody to debrief with about it too, you know, and be like, huh, like what, what was good? What was cute? You know, like, is there potential here? Like, and also like a check-in with yourself, right? That isn't like the, well, this date has been kind of disappointing and I don't really have feel any chemistry with you, but I'm already here. So I may as well fuck you because then at least, <laughs> at least I'm going to fuck. Like maybe that'd be like a great, like, doing like a little bit less of that and being like, but like, really, is that really gonna like satisfy you and really kind of like actually, cause that's the thing, right? I feel like so often it's like, I may as well fuck. And then it's terrible. And then you're like, ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the chaperone can just be like, Hey, I, I don't think you're really feeling it. Do you really want to go home with them? Like maybe that could be helpful in some cases. And if both sides bring chaperones, then the chaperones get to meet someone new as well. Like that's fun. <laughs> I kind of love that. Oh my God. I, <laughs> if we're ever allowed outside again, we should see if someone will do this experiment with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We can have a dating plus chaperone kind of situation and I do feel like there's still room in life for speed dating types of formats oh, yeah. you know 
people do would to love to meet lots of people. Sorry, yeah. we're so excited. We're like, let's talk at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> nice and easy. That's all good. But I should uh, I should move on to this because it's related, talking about advocating for yourself and getting in touch with what you want and your boundaries. Uh, the, the book that I've been reading is called Pleasure Activism. That's a book that I think a bunch of people have seen. It's been on bestsellers list. It's been out of print or out of stock for a long time. So I only recently was able to get a copy by Adrienne Marie Brown called Pleasure Activism. And it's just a really good bunch of writing about how important it is and how historically sort of subjugated and controlled pleasure has been. And so living with pleasure, sexual and otherwise, how healing it can be, how important it is, how politically engaged it can make you and how it can protect you from control, manipulation, from shame, from all sorts of stuff. So it's a really interesting range of writings. Um, I've just been starting it, but it's been recommended a lot and it's very, very cool. So definitely recommend that one. Yeah. Let me know how you go. Are you audio booking this or you've got physical book this time? I've actually got the physical book this time because it's a very nice physical book. uh, And I've been enjoying physical book reading with my breakfast, which is a habit I'm trying to cultivate a few times a week. So I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, please do. Also, please Mm -hmm. put me at the top of your list for physical book. (laughs) Definitely. Absolutely. That's really my fucking motivations are like, can I read this book? It's the best. It's the best. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And you've got a bunch of books that I want to swap too. So that sounds Mm. real good. I've got books to return (laughs) to you. Actually, maybe I'm a terrible person to lend books to. (laughs) Honestly, not at all. When you lend books, it's all about like, this is an opportunity to read it. If you lend books to someone with like, they have to read it, I think that means you're a control freak and you need to like sit down. So Yeah, it's funny you say that actually, like, because, you know, I've been really frustrated with myself lately around reading. Um, mm. I know we were supposed to be wrapping this up one up because it's long, but whatever. This no, is no. my podcast. Sit too, down, bitches. And I'll do what I want. <laughs> um, but basically, I've like put all the books that I want to read all together in my room now. And there's something like 20 of them and I'm like oh I'm so overwhelmed but then I was like man what if I started to think about these books a little bit more like you know watching series and I'll be like it's okay to watch an episode of it when you feel like it and it's okay to put it back on the fucking shelf when you don't feel like it sort of like this like pressure of like oh well you you gotta finish it and it's can't start anything else in the gap you know um I don't know. I mean, obviously, I usually am peddling a few different books at the same time. But um, <laughs> I don't know, kind of taking some of that pressure off kind of felt really nice and actually kind of made me feel a little bit more like, oh, maybe I'd like to read a little slice of that book, you know? Yes. Something that I've been struggling with is even just concentration, focus, getting into flow states at work. And if I can see that I'm doing my wheel spinning activities that I do when I've become a bit overwhelmed or unsure or whatever else, I'll try and think like, can I sit down? Can I realign myself? Can I to-do list? Can I do something that gets me back on track? Or if not, I'll try and just go and read for 10 minutes And because you can actually read a lot in 10 minutes if it's a physical book, I've made a little bit of progress on that book and I've probably recalibrated myself a little bit and then I can switch gears back to work because I read a lot of nonfiction for work anyway. So there's a lot that I want to get through for work. Uh, And yeah, just switching gears for that really, really helps a lot of the time. But I know that I'm reading in the evenings, I'm reading heaps of fan fiction and I'm reading fan fiction because it's a comfort zone. I'm not learning new characters. I'm not learning a new setting. I'm just playing in something already known. And so I can do that when I'm tired and depressed and burned out. Mm, nice <laughs> so and I don't blame myself. Yeah, and it's, it's comfort a t- food. A teaser, everyone. There is an episode coming up <laughs> uh, about fanfics and uh, lots of lovely feelings from Lauren and a very a special friend of ours. I definitely can't wait. And I mean, just doing the recording for that is part of my weekly wonderful, which of course is our section where we just share something that's just made us really happy. So I'd love to just touch on that uh, quickly, Vix. Please. Gorgeous. So for me, uh, I wanted to give a shout out to the podcast Camp Scary and Squee by friend of the podcast, Damien O'Meara. 
It's a really fun uh, film critique uh, and analysis podcast where they take iconic horror movies and then they place it on a measurement scale of campness. Mm. So horror movie analysis with this queer media lens, really fun, really lighthearted, also super smart and clever. So head on over. Uh, We love another uh, queer posse show, uh, another Australian made show. Uh, So yeah, go and go and enjoy my lovelies. Oh, I definitely want to eat some of that. I fucking love horror movies. They are my joy and seeing the word horror so close to the word camp just fills me with joy and reminds me and we're why in I'm Spooktober. so interested. Spooktober? Oh my God, <laughs> watched my first thing for Spooktober yesterday. So I guess that's a wonderful thing. I just rewatched The Corpse Bride. Man, what a surrealist masterpiece. It's just so... It's gorgeous. So just so beautiful and just, you know, watching any of the behind scenes about how those particular films are made it's just so it's just so awe-inspiring goodness so that's just made me think like hey you know even though we're living in lockdown like how can I make the spooky season feel good and I feel like it might be um giving myself the rope to watch lots of horror and feel good about it um I guess as well shout out to the sun shout out twice in a row (laughs) like thank you for the goodness and the joy that you're giving my life and you know I've had some really great orgasms this week so I really felt like that was very important to mention to you all and I hope that you've all had some dope orgasms too and if you haven't today is a great opportunity to really treat yourself to a good time (laughs) if you're into that kind of thing (laughs) always opt in my loves and Mm -hmm. I think Good God, that one was so long. I'd apologize, but I don't want to. So that is <laughs> the end of this episode. We really need some more questions, please, my sweet darlings. Uh, so if you've got one, we would bloody love to hear it. Uh, and that would be great. Please let, let us let us talk at length and share all of our feelings. It brings us oh so much joy. Uh, so you can slide into our DMs with those questions at Done Wonderfully on Twitter. Or you can slip us an anonymous message on our Curious Cat at CuriousCat.QA slash Wonderfully Done. Wonderfully Done can be downloaded pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, I believe. And if it isn't anywhere, uh, let me know so I can get it on there. <laughs> and hey... You're doing wonderfully.